This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, sharing the hyperlocal, controversial and quirky stories of the Waikato region. I'm your host, Gary Farrow. Freemasonry is one of the world's oldest and largest fraternal societies. It is an organisation of men who strive to live by the fundamental principles of integrity, goodwill and charity. It is a non-profit organisation that is heavily involved in supporting charity and community services. Some people hold the preconceived notion that the Freemasons are an underground cult like the Stonecutters in The Simpsons. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. Who leads Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We do. But, in fact, the very opposite is true. The Freemasons are not an underground cult. It's an inclusive and open society for all. I had a chat with two Freemasons about their experiences of the organisation. My name's Anderson, I'm 39 years old, I've been in Hamilton most of my adult life, I went to Waikato University and I work in the account management field. And you Gary? Yeah, thanks Gary, I'm uh, Gary Salmon, I, uh, I've been in um, Freemasonry for 45 years and uh, I'm now retired, I live in Hamilton but I had a career with uh, St John Ambulance. Uh, for, um, well, I've been associated with that organisation for more than 50 years. So uh, it, it's an organisation very compatible with the, with the values of um, Freemasonry, and uh, so I've had a wonderful career. So how did both of you become involved in Freemasonry? Well, I've always had a slight interest in Freemasonry. You read it in books, you see it on the television or in movies occasionally, and I was going through some of my great-grandfather's uh, old documents and I came across his Freemasonry certificate and which stated that he was a Master Mason and I was very intrigued by that because I always considered him to be a very good man and in the greater family he was always regarded as a very good person and was a true patriarch to our family. So that really inspired me to go down the path because if he was a Freemason then it would be definitely be something that would be compatible with my own values. Mine was a lot more simple than that and, and much less scientific. I, I was working with a, a friend of mine, a colleague in the uh, Wellington Free Ambulance at the time, and I was becoming a wee bit frustrated with life being all work, uh, family, work, family, and I was looking for another interest to bring into my life. And um, 
my uh, my friend, uh, you know, I was talking to him about lions and rotary and uh, he said, well, have you thought about Freemasonry? And I said, well, what's that all about? <laughs> and uh, So that was how I become involved. Uh, um, uh, and he just explained generally what it was all about and I, and I thought that probably fits and uh, and it has it served me exactly as he as he promised it's been a good part of my life for as I say for 45 years what in a lay person's terms what is Freemasonry today what what is it just from the ground up Freemasonry is effectively the oldest and longest running fraternity and so much like any kind of fraternity, whether they be university fraternities or other kind of social clubs, it is essentially a social club for uh, men to come together and try and effectively make good men better. So as a key mantra of Freemasonry. And so effectively you're coming together as friends because we call each other brothers. And then you individually, so it's not so much Gary or Anderson trying to tell Gary, oh, this is how you're going to be a better person. You can't do this or that. It, it leads you to try and be a better person individually and how you forge that yourself is up to you. It, it all started about 300 years ago when the stonemasons of Europe were building castles and, and cathedrals. And to protect their craft, they formed themselves into a guild, which um, was all about really setting a structure where somebody joining the craft as an apprentice could advance through to becoming a master mason. And uh, and and in that formula, there were there were processes by which a, a young apprentice would advance to a master uh, mason. So, uh, in time, over time, other uh, crafts who were part of building these cathedrals and and temples um, and castles uh, found that this was a useful way for them to advance their. Um, uh, members as well and it became somewhere along the line over 300 years morphed into this, this charitable society of Freemasons um, and and today we use some of that symbolism and and um, and we formalize the way uh, that's portrayed in our in our lodge work and our in our um, gatherings to represent those things that we as Freemasons feel is important things like mm. honesty trust uh, integrity and these things are symbolized in our in our little um, ceremonies where they're like a short play but they play out examples of of charity and and um, support and caring and integrity uh, and honesty and then and, and it just brings together a like-minded group of people who believe in those sorts of principles so by being part of the masonry that helps to enhance those certain aspects in uh, the lives of men and the skills of men yes yeah well that, that, that's what we believe in um, mm -hmm. we, we believe that that is so um, and you, you, you'll probably come to ask us about our secrets um, and they're really not secrets they actually are, they're all about in those old times 
um, the, the, the craftsman had to find a way of saying what is your skill level uh, because we didn't have timesheets and we didn't have computers and typewriters in those times. So they, they used um, words and handshakes and symbols to say um, uh, where you were in your level of craft. And we use those today mm-hmm. to, um, to, to say, look, um, we'll tell you, uh, we'll, we'll give you a handshake, or we'll tell you, and by the way, you can find these things quite easily, but, but we'll tell you what that is, but don't tell anybody else. And that, uh, that, inha- that just examples your integrity to say, no, I'm not going to tell anybody who's not a Freemasonry that, because I promised that man I wouldn't. What does the Freemason Lodge entail? That, that's an interesting one, I think, you know, because people understand that Freemasons have lodges where you have your meetings and mm. things like that. And, um, yeah, I think it would just be interesting for yeah our listeners to have an insight on that. So are you more interested in the layout of a lodge or how it looks? Everything about the lodge. Everything about the lodge. Well, we quite regularly have lodge open days as well so generally at least once a year somewhere in the Waikato there is a lodge open day where you can come along and check out the lodge the inside of a lodge isn't actually that big of a secret uh uh, I believe there's one in Auckland in the next few weeks I can't remember where but I saw Freemasons New Zealand advertise that but Effectively, there is a area in the centre of the room that has uh, checkered tiles. Uh, there, you'll quite often notice different types of pillars displayed within within a lodge room, kind of touching back to our building origins. So, a lot of grand old buildings have beautiful pillars to them, and there's different styles of pillars that you can find online. So, there's like iconic, and and, and they represent different aspects of the world as well uh, you will find um, illustrations of of skies and stars in, in some lodge rooms as well uh, there, are, there are seats at certain areas of a lodge where different different offices sit as well or have different positions within the lodge room uh, so anything to touch on that Gary? Anything extra? No look I, um I, I always recommend if anybody asks me about joining Freemasonry, I like to meet them at one of the lodge rooms and show them what the environment looks like, so that you can you you can then connect the the theory of what it's going to be like to to join Freemasonry with having a look at the environment. And uh, so we have what Anderson has just said: we have a ceremonial area where we um, where we have these. Uh, these ceremonies, which are like short plays, it's the best way I can describe them. It's like a, a short play based on a on a set a series of steps and and a sort of a ritual where where um, all the participants learn learn script and uh, just like like you would if you were an actor in a play, and then you take the candidate through these steps, which is all about teaching them and learning. Um, uh, where you where you start off as an apprentice and become a master mason, so you learn the steps of of charity of uh, and the values that are, are around. Uh, and as I've already said about the that you learn some handshakes and words which which um, bring about that integrity of saying, well, you, you, we trust you, 
and you're not going to tell these to other people because that's then I can trust you to I'll tell you my secrets because I know you won't tell other people if I mm. tell you something in the strictest of confidence. And that just is a demonstration of what that's, that um, stuff's about. But I know that that actually confuses people because it makes us look a bit hocus-pocus and, and secretive. Uh, but that's just as simple as that, the, the foundation of it is. And as um, Anderson has said, there is a, a set format within the lodge room where these ceremonies take place. May I cut in there? I feel like you've touched on something very true to Freemasonry, and that is trust amongst men in a world where trust is potentially at an all-time low and you don't really have much connection with a lot of people anymore. There's not the face-to-face communication that you have anymore. Uh, People don't have as long-term friends as they used to do back in the day, having an organisation where you have a very strong sense of trust amongst each other uh, is probably one of the greatest aspects of Freemasonry. And so you can trust each other with the secrets of Freemasonry, but you can also trust each other with personal secrets. And it's it's a very good thing for men and young men having other men that they can trust to say I'm actually not okay at the moment or there's something is happening in my family life but I don't want the world to know about it but I can trust you to not tell other people about it because we have that level of trust and respect and it really is one of the truly special things in Freemasonry that doesn't necessarily exist in other places in the world anymore. And I guess on top of that uh, one of the fundamental benefits of an individual in Freemasonry is we all come from a wide range of various backgrounds of different different wealth, different ethnicities um, and different backgrounds but within Freemasonry we have this human connection of being able to talk freely we all uh, we, we have this term we meet on the level mm. so we're all equal when we're in the lodge room whatever your personal circumstances are and it, it generates a wide range of conversation within people so you meet people you meet men who you would not normally have the opportunity to converse with because mm. uh, they're in, you know a completely different world than you are but when you come together once a month or more regularly for freemasonry you get this opportunity to do your ceremonial work uh, build that uh, that um, trust and uh, mm. integrity within the group of, of men who who assemble and then you uh, jo- then you join after the the work of the evening uh, for supper and uh, uh, again have some uh, camaraderie and that's where the friendships develop and you can imagine for myself after 45 years I've got a, a great number of very good friends who are also Freemasons um, that, that I have met through the organisation. Mm, fantastic. So is uh, Freemasonry in the Waikatoa a thing of its own or is it sort of uh, the New Zealand Society of Freemasons? So it, so Freemasonry in New Zealand is under one uh, jurisdiction. So there is the Grand Lodge of New Zealand, which is the authority over all Freemasons within New Zealand. Uh, and those are broken up into uh, the South Island and the North Island and then different different areas have their own sub 
sub authority levels that that govern it but when you're a freemason you're effectively a freemason worldwide so you have the ability to go to australia or america or england or ireland or or uh, the philippines and you'll be as long as you're able to prove that you are and freemason you'll be welcome into those lodges which is quite neat and, and we, we've got a very unique position in New Zealand uh, because uh, what Anderson's described is the Grand Lodge of New Zealand, but within New Zealand there is also the Grand Lodge of Ireland, there's the Grand Lodge of Scotland and the Grand Lodge of England are represented. Mm. Now they're all Freemasons, we can go and visit them and they can come and visit us, uh, but they're all slightly different in the way they portray the ceremonies, uh, which makes it interesting. Um, we haven't talked much about regalia because within the, you mentioned earlier about hierarchy, uh, within uh, Freemasonry there is Grand Lodge and they dress a little more grand than the, than the not so Grand Lodge people. But it's, um, and, the, and then you bring in the, uh, the Scottish people and their, their regalia is a different colour and the English people. So it's a, it's a wonderful, um, unique position we are in New Zealand where we all visit each other. Uh, and bring this different colour and different um, uh, levels of, of mm. ceremonial interaction. Do the um, Grand Lodges in different countries operate under slightly different conditions or refer to different scriptures? Uh, Their uh, ritual, the way they perform the ceremonies is different uh, and sometimes quite different uh, in... in um, so like the, 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 the Grand Lodge of Scotland in New Zealand will perform their ceremonies in the way they are performed in Scotland under the Grand Lodge of Scotland. So uh, you see a different form of ceremonial um, activity when you are with a Scottish constitution uh, lodge. Mm. So, but we, um, we belong to the New Zealand Grand Lodge and the Craft Lodge of, of uh, the Grand Lodge of New Zealand. Uh, throughout New Zealand, uh, acts under the same book of rules, under the same uh, ritual, um, but even then, uh, within districts and regions, there are slight variations. Within lodges, within lodges, within, yeah. lodges, within, <laughs> within <laughs> Hamilton Trick. alone, there's variations, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. But in those variations, I must add that the underlying core message or the ceremony is all very similar so so there's nuances on how that story is portrayed between different different constitutions but the story itself is generally yeah. fairly stable and exact and it's interesting to see because we've been around there's written records of the 1500s in Scotland of Freemasonry so we've been around for a very long time uh, Throughout those hundreds of years, different areas have added little bits, and it's kind of like the Chinese whispers of, "Oh no, you you take a step to the right. No, 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 you take a step to the left." And it's funny how those little nuances have added up over the years. <laughs> that is fun. Um, we, we were referring to the story mm. and the scriptures. What? do those contain and what sort of stories are in there? The, the Craft Lodge of New Zealand uh, and, and in, in ceremonies is fundamentally based around the building of King Solomon's Temple. 
So the stories go about, you know, the stones were cut in the quarries and the timber was milled in the forests and they all brought together and they built the, the, uh, the, the temple. So most of the, well, all of the craft lodge teachings are built on the basis of King Solomon's Temple. Mm. And we are workmen within King Solomon's Temple, effectively. Mm. 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 Right, yeah. One of the major contributions that Freemasonry in New Zealand makes to the community of New Zealand is through our charity. And uh, charity is a big part of of our life. Mm. Um, not not out fundraising for for charity, but we have uh, charity funds that are used. So millions of dollars are contributed every year to communities throughout New Zealand. We've had a big focus on medical research. We're working mm. at the moment with um, with the Mulligan Foundation with uh, uh, several million dollars of funding going into that institution to help with cancer research and some, uh, you know, a practical program they've got mm. running at the moment. Um, we're just in the process right now as we speak of uh, awarding scholarships, $250,000 worth of scholarships throughout New Zealand to university students who uh, are an exceptional group of people doing yes. wonderful work. Um, and uh, and and their careers are just starting, so it's very exciting for Freemasons to be able to um, contribute to these yes. young people developing their skills and, and knowledge, uh, and and they are clearly the future leaders of New Zealand in their various fields. One of the most rewarding moments in my Freemasonry life has been running into someone and discussing about the university degree and they were uh, in bioscience and uh, they had just graduated and they brought up their scholarships and somehow, I'm not even sure how we came across it, but it, it was raised that they had received a, a Freemason scholarship and sh and she was, uh, she was saying how much of a helpful hand it was for her and it felt, I felt such pride that we had helped her along and she, this young lady I, I've kept in contact with her and she she is working in some some key fields in tuberculosis overseas and so it felt really special for me having that that run-in interaction and knowing that I'd helped through just just my charitable contributions had unanimous like without any contact had helped this person so it felt very rewarding we we, we can't miss an opportunity of course to promote ourselves and and through the scholarships one of the most high profile New Zealand uh, recipients of one of our scholarships in recent times was the previous Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern so she was a, a Freemasons scholarship recipient uh, some years ago the money that the Freemasons are able to give as grants is that uh, raised through uh, Masons membership fees or is it actually fundraising activities that the Freemasons take part in? No, interestingly it's, um, it's really historic funds. Uh, it's funds that have been, um, with, with been held and nurtured within the charity uh, from uh, substantial bequests of previous Freemasons um, and and there is a, a collection taken at the 
every year we change the leader of a lodge that we, we call him the master of the lodge every mm. year the master gets changed and at every at ceremony of installation there is a collection taken for the freemasons charity um, so that money has all been uh, added to the the bequest uh, funds uh, in in previous times we've had masonic uh, villages that have been sold and the money put back into this uh, Freemasons charity. So there's a substantial um, uh, holding of funds which has been wisely managed and carefully distributed and uh, now we, uh, we, we protect the capital interest of what's in the fund and use the interest which um, is allowing us to do all this work. So it's been a very uh, a generous a bequest from people who have gone before us. That's really special to think. It's basically a historic store of money under goodwill to provide to other people in the, in the world today. Well, there's a, there's one or two of the Masonic trusts that are ministered uh, from the Grand Lodge of New Zealand that have a very substantial, very substantial amount of money that was left by um, by trustees and members of the uh, Freemasons in the past. The probably the biggest one is the Potter Trust. Uh, uh, it's um, based in Auckland and it's and it's for the benefit of children. Um, the um, the um, brother Potter didn't have any children of his own and uh, had a substantial amount of wealth and left it to the Freemasons to administer um, uh, in, per in perpetuity uh, for the benefit of uh, the development of children. So uh, it, it, all, all organisation recipients from that group have to be under the age of 18. I, f I find it quite entertaining because a lot, a lot of people outside of Freemasonry seem to have this perception that if you become a Freemason, you're going to get this golden handshake, and, and you're <laughs> going to all of a sudden, here's your check account, and here's your here's your platinum card, and all here's all these benefits. Where ironically, once you become a Freemason, you end up you you end up giving a lot more to charity than and you do, and you don't receive any money in return so, so it's not like oh here, here's your check it's more like you're writing a check but you feel very good about it because you're because you're actually giving to these really important core charities and it's a yeah. core part of who we are as as an organization and as individuals that are masons would you be uh operating as a normal organization then with meetings and taking the minutes and yes. checking the accounts and all, all, all that sort of stuff and reporting on the balance of things and Ab absolutely <laughs> so we have in a lodge there is a secretary that takes minutes and notes of everything that happens within a lodge it's one of the special things about freemasonry while we can trace ourselves back to the late 1500s because we have minutes from those meetings and we can say well we definitely existed then because here's the written proof <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a treasurer as well uh, we have uh, someone that we refer to as an owner as well that checks on on the brothers within the lodge who may be uh, unsick or unwell or going through some trying times so there's that key organizational structure and that's why there have been a lot of very successful Freemasons throughout history, I personally believe, is because there is a court-like organisational structure that was established potentially before a lot of areas had that kind of structure within them. So historically, you would have these 
these kingdoms and courts that would that would rule rule nations but through freemasonry a lot of a lot of laymen or every everyday individuals you didn't have to be a king or a prince to take part in these courts and so you learnt a lot of these uh these like court like structures where you had minutes and treasury and and you had had the master of the lodge and different different positions that would hold positions and it would teach you how to conduct yourself in that kind of situation mm. anderson talked before about how freemasonry uh, helps you grow as a as a as an individual, as a person, and because of these um, these ceremonies and the structure that you work within, uh, you get an opportunity, perhaps, to be the secretary, to be the treasurer, uh, and then there's the positions that are key positions within the group. So the master, the senior warden, the junior warden, and these are changed once every year, as the uh, as and and. Typically, you would move if you were the senior, uh, junior warden this year, you'd be the senior warden next year and the master the year after. So in each position, you learn new new things and you learn new work and it helps you develop, uh, helps you to learn your speaking. Your speaking skills are very much part of, of something that develops if you become uh, a Freemason. And I've known lots of people who have struggled with reading, have struggled with learning, have struggled with speaking in public, have benefited mm. from Freemasonry, unbelievably so, because it all just is part of your group activity. And uh, uh, so some wonderful opportunities for people who, who feel that it would, they, they'd benefit from this sort of development. Mm. Uh, you mentioned meeting on the level earlier on in this discussion and one of the uh, special things about Freemasonry is that it doesn't matter what your job is or what your background is or, or how how big your bank balance is when we come together as in Lodge we are all brothers so we're all equal but we also mentioned hierarchy uh, but hierarchy within within a Lodge uh, you move through the different mm. hierarchical steps. So I've had moments where a very, very wealthy individual has been the steward, which is effectively they they serve the food and, and the tea. tea and coffee for the um, for the for the supper at the end of the meeting. And I've had at the same time a janitor be the master of the lodge. Mm. Now, the the very very wealthy individual absolutely respected the master of the lodge because they're the master of the lodge at the time and so it was this great equaling that it was it was uh very very wonderful to see that it was the true true balance of, of men within the organization and it ha and it enables people to see different aspects of the social scale as well when you come together as the lodge you get to open your eyes to a wider horizon of of social growth because we come from such a vast background and different religions as well that when we all come together we get to ex experience each other in an open level playing field it's very nice and Gary, here in the Waikato, um, we, we're leading the country with um, with a new initiative, which is led by Anderson and uh, one of his colleagues. And they've set up a, a group 
called the Young Freem Young and New Freemasons. These say this is a, this is a group of people who haven't been Freemasons for forty five years. They're of a younger age or or new to Freemasonry, and they are now building a social network where they're getting together in social uh, environments to have um, uh, uh, to build on that uh, that. Um, um, opportunity that Anderson's mentioned, so bringing together that diverse group of people in a in a social sense and having a, a wine or a beer or a juice or whatever mm. or going to a function or something together uh, builds a, a huge amount of camaraderie, friendship, extends your your interests in um, society. So that's happening in the Waikato now, happening here in Hamilton, and. Uh, um, uh, we've been watched very closely by the rest of the country, by the Grand Lodge of New Zealand. It's very interested in, in seeing how this goes, but it is largely due to the initiative of Anderson and his colleague. And, and if you're interested in Freemasonry, you're welcome to reach out to us on there. We're on Facebook under the New and Young Freemasons Waikato, or you can actually reach out to uh, Freemasonry New Zealand on the uh, website as well. So. Mm. That, should we touch on that? That's one key thing. Lots of people ask, how do I become a Freemason? <laughs> you know, like, do, who, do you have to know someone? Like, what, what's the, do you, do you have to decipher the Da Vinci Code and, the, and the, watch the movie and read the book and then you find out the, the secret message on how to join? It's really easy to be a Freemason. Uh, you just need to ask to be one. It's uh, something we won't go, hey, Gary, I think you'd be a good Freemason, you should join us. We, we will never say that. You have to, as an individual, say this is a, something I want to be part of. And so you have to, ha you have to make the first step and reach out to, a, to Freemasonry. Freemasonry won't reach out to you. Uh, and apart from that, you just need to be a good person. So it's a pretty simple criteria. So anyone can be a Freemason, you just have to want to be one. And to want to be one, you need to ask. Very simple. And if you'd like to come and have a look at our lodge rooms, Gary, we'd be very pleased to show you around. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikato. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook or find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen. WTS Waikato aims to share the hyperlocal, controversial and quirky stories of the Waikato region. I'm your host, Gary Farrow. If you have any stories you think are worth sharing, email me, technician at freefm.org.nz, and we can try plan something out. You can also get in touch with me via the WTS Waikato Facebook page. I look forward to hearing from you. Mā te wā. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.